Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. And a DLF family of podcasts. That's Stompy Sam Lane. This world is run by lizard people. I... <laughs> kind of, sometimes you throw me off. With I just started oh. thinking about like all the authority figures in my life and and uh, their their forked tongues. I guess <laughs> I am John the Genie in a Bottle Hogue. And this is a Super Flex Super Show. Welcome back, super friends. That's right, I'm the genie in a bottle here to answer your three wishes. One, to hack the values of those 2020 rookie picks. Two, to get through an entire episode without talking about Marcus Mariota. I guess I can't really promise that one, but without James the Brain here, I think... uh, but we, we significantly enhanced our odds. And three, to bring on the guest of all guests. This is one that, that I'm really excited about, one we've been looking forward to for a long time. Um, and uh, I've actually been on this show before, but uh, in a, kind of for one of James's roundtables. So um, get an opportunity here to talk with the godfather of Dynasty himself. Ryan McDowell is here to help us out. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk some some ADP and some Superflex tonight with you guys. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So uh, before we get into that, we should should talk just a little bit about – although, man, so this is tough because I think it's probably easier to list – the podcasts and websites that you're not currently a contributor for. Um, but it's a, it's an extensive resume. Let's put it that way. Uh, but also, I mean, anybody who's listening to this already knows all about Ryan McDowell. Everybody knows that you are DLF. You are, you know, you're, you're, uh, you are the DLF dynasty podcast and the dynasty blueprint and uh, Commission Impossible, along with Scott Fish. I mean, just all of the top podcasts for Dynasty players has Ryan McDowell on it. We're all t- familiar with that, as well as your writing at DLF and Roto World, uh, Dynasty Scouts, um, 
just I mean the list just goes on and on so I think what we're really curious about here is what you've got coming up uh, that you're working on right now something that you're um, that's going to be particularly useful to dynasty players something that you're particularly excited about Um, just kind of what are some some projects that you're working on right now for people to to keep an eye out for yeah, man. First of all, thanks for all that. Uh, I think I think you covered them all. Uh, I've I've cut back on the podcast in the past few months, which is which has helped the schedule a little bit. It's it's it seems a little more realistic now. But uh, and and I would have to say I'm I'm definitely not the DLF podcast. Um, I'm glad to be a part of the team. But uh, Dan and Matt were were there before I was, and and they do an awesome job. For sure. So glad glad to join them and, and be a part of that group. But um, you know, one thing I, I've been really looking at lately, and and I, I kind of hate it because it feels like the the wrong part of the year to be looking at this. But I just started thinking about so many people talk about hit rate of rookie picks. We talk about it if you play Debbie, you talk about the hit rate of Debbie picks and. And, you know, it's, it doesn't look very good on face value for really for either one of those. But I was thinking the other day, what's, what's the hit rate of, of your average startup draft pick? And so I, I went back to 2016 ADP, Dynasty ADP that we have at DLF, and, and just started looking at, at some of those players and how they have finished in the past three years um, since they were drafted. And, and I went back three years because I do think that three-year window is, is pretty typical that most dynasty players would say they use. Um, and the, the results were really surprising. There was, there's one player who was being drafted in the top 12 who was, uh, who has not finished in, in the top 40 of his position since, that's Sammy Watkins. He's finished wide receiver 91, 41, 64 in the three years since. Uh, a couple more wide receivers that were drafted in the second round, same thing, have not produced a top 36 season. And, and it continues getting worse, of course, as you go down the line. So that's something that I want to dig in uh, quite a bit more to. I think it could have some real value to dynasty players. I don't know if uh, late August, early September is the time to, uh, to really dig into that and, and look at that information <laughs> or share that information. So that might become kind of more of a long-term project that we, we come back to in, in January or February. But uh, I really do think the, uh, the data is interesting because the there were nine players in the top 36, so the top three rounds of that ADP, who have not finished in the top 36 of their position uh, at all one time in these three seasons, and all nine of those were wide receivers. Oh, man. That hurts to hear that, kind of. I know. <laughs> as, it, as, as a guy who really tries to stay away from the running backs. and feel... I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, my, my strategy is always to kind of build around, you know, the, the more long-term assets. Even though we're looking at a three-year window, it's still, you know, who's going to have trade value here in the next, you know, two or three years. And it feels like it's generally the wide receivers, but... Uh, to hear that we're that inaccurate with them, and then uh, you know quarterbacks in superflex, 
Um, I, I, I don't know what the hit rate is there, but uh, I, I, I mean, my, my bet is that running backs are probably, we're probably just better with the running backs just in general, right? Well, I, I think, I think that might be part of it. Um, and, and again, looking at kind of the threshold I was using were top 12 seasons, top 24 seasons, top 36 seasons, and then, uh, and then the seasons outside of that range. So even a top 36 finish is obviously not, uh, that's not saying much for a quarterback or a tight end. So uh, that the way I was looking at that data, it kind of left those two uh, really left those two positions out almost. Um, but we're also talking about 2016. So looking at the top 12, there was one tight end in the top 12, Gronk, of course. There was one running back in the top 12, Todd Gurley. The other 10 were, were wide receivers. So that was uh, that was that uh, era, I guess you could almost say, or, or that, that time when wide receivers were really dominating the, the early rounds. So I think maybe that means that you do take wide receivers early in the first, second round. And then you take your shots on running back later because maybe wide receiver uh, in the third, fourth, fifth round is less stable. Oh, okay. There we go. I like that angle a lot better. There's a spin on it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like that. How do you like that, Stonk? Well, it's fine. That's, I mean, that's I always very go... confrontational of me, by the way. I know. I, I, yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> how do you how like we, that? How we, <laughs> that's how we operate. I'm listen, I'm all about early running back. Hmm. Um, and then like those, I, I mean, this might change my mind a little bit on going like three straight running backs, but yeah, I mean, I'm always going to be team RB, RB, um, in startups and, and in redraft. And, but if I can get somebody like, let's say Stefan Diggs in the third as my wide receiver one, I'm pretty happy with that as well. So, yeah, you should be. Yeah, and I will say one of the things that that I've kind of noticed, um, you know, particularly running the the superflex ADP mock drafts, is that I I mean just the way people are gonna continue to attack the running back position, it, it just shows you that the that the value is still there, you know, regardless of the hit rates, people are always gonna pay up for the running backs, so. You know, there's there's still a valid strategy there. As much as I want to build kind of that long term foundation of of the you know with the wide receivers, and then again in superflex with the quarterbacks, it's it's just the 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 trade value is always going to be so much more with the with the running backs. So, man, that's a that's an interesting thing though. I'm really looking forward to uh, to the rest of the the discussion and uh, whether it's an article or a, a podcast or, or whatever ends up coming of this. I'm, I'm really interested in this. I think it, it really kind of lends some context and uh, helps us to, to hack the startup draft that much more. Yeah. Yeah. I think so as well. And um, like I said, just kind of on the fly, I went back to 2016, but I think if we do, if I do put this off until um, following the season, then then I can use that 
I can bump it forward a year, 2017, 2018, 2019 results. And, and then we can go backwards as well to really get um, a good, a good data set and, and see what we can take away from this. Did you guys hear the thunder behind me <laughs> a minute ago? That was yes. like, that was like something out of the, out of, out of the Bible. <laughs> that was kind of scary. Um, so we'll see how this goes. If, uh, if I go silent, then, uh, you guys know what happened. Um, <laughs> getting hit all over the place by electricity. Uh, pour one out for James the Brain. Um, <laughs> so before we get to uh, to this ADP discussion, though, uh, just a couple quick announcements for our listeners. So first of all, uh, we would love to have all of our super friends uh, come meet up with us at the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo. Uh, I, I'll be there. Ryan's going to be there. Uh, Eric Dickens from DLF, several DLF guys um, so, from several of the podcasts for sure. And I think some of the writers as well. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a booth set up at the expo where we're giving away some t-shirts and stickers, flyers, um, and a $10 discount code as well um, on some of those flyers and cards. The three of us are going to be involved in a, uh, oh, Stompy's going to be there too. <laughs> uh, yeah, what? That, that wasn't even uh, that wasn't even intentional that time. It's just it, it's just so so subliminal now. I just oh. it's just like an unconscious decision to. You to hate just... me. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm crying Stop. on the inside. Just FYI. Uh, I, I I don't believe that for a second. Uh, yeah, but Stompy's gonna be there. He's gonna be wearing his. Uh, his Scott Fishbowl 8 Championship of the Universe belt. Yep. And uh, and we'd love to to meet up with everybody. And then the three of us and, are... And, and you'll have to show up to see if I'm wearing the singlet. <laughs> I, I if, if there's any way to take that off the table, I think that nope. we might be able Not to increase in attendance. Okay. Not taking it off the table. All right. We'll show up anyways. Um, he Hopefully he's not there's a chance that he is uh and then the three of us are going to be involved in an ff statistics charity league um that uh that i believe is open to the public you can watch it live and then ryan and eric from dlf are also going to be involved in the uh, king's classic which is um, live from the uh, pro football hall of fame that's on saturday this coming saturday and uh it, it'll be on sirius xm so all kinds of cool stuff and, and just the opportunity for everybody to, to meet up and talk fantasy and talk life. And, uh, so yeah, we'd, we'd love to see you there and, uh, love to get to meet all of our super friends. One other quick thing, just, just, just to plant the seed here, just to kind of light the long fuse, but get ready for a huge, gigantic, enormous, monumental, game-changing announcement from the Superflex Super Show. We're not ready to reveal that one just yet, but it's coming very soon. So get ready for for your life to change uh, thanks to the Superflex Super Show. I, uh, I don't know about that. But you, <laughs> you, you've now built it up too much. Ah, uh, man. All right. Well... Yeah, I mean, it's still going to be pretty cool. Um, 
uh, and, and and it's going to to greatly affect our ability to uh, to put out in season content for you, um, and uh, and help you with those with waivers and start sits and everything like that in season. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But let's get into this, guys, because so I ran a couple mock drafts, super flex, you know, straight PPR, four point passing touchdown. Uh, you know, all the, all the, uh, just kind of normal scoring for the most part, just a normal dynasty super flex startup with one twist. So we included 2020 picks in this, in this mock draft and not just random 2020 picks. We didn't even just make them, um, you know, early, mid and late 2020 picks. We actually put the pick to this, something that I absolutely hate trying to do. I'm I, we're a little bit of enablers with this because as much as I hate to try and project what pick you're going to have or even what range your pick is going to be in a year from now we we went ahead and did it anyways two mock drafts one with listeners of the Superflex Super Show and then one with uh several analysts from around the community um that jumped in to help us out as well so and uh, again, I mean, we we put the actual pick in this. So 2021.01 was available in this startup. So my first question to you guys is, I mean, just kind of, and, and I think I want to start with Ryan here. I, I'm just kind of curious how you approach those future picks when it comes to, you know, both in a, you know, in a vacuum or if you've kind of committed to a productive struggle type of season, or if you view yourself as a contender, where's kind of the line? What's kind of the point where you would consider, you know, moving a player with, you know, 2019 potential for a 2020 pick, a random 2020 pick, uh, in order to, uh, to help your kind of your long-term health of your team? Um, so I think at this point, as we're getting close to the season, and then certainly once we're into the regular season, the fantasy season, I'm not typically trying to sell my players for future first round picks, um, assuming I'm contending. Now, if if things are not going well, or if it's if it is that productive struggle where I, I'm going into the season already admitting that I, I'm not going to contend, then that's a completely different situation. But if I feel like I it, at least have a good chance to make the playoffs, then I, I'm really, I don't want to say ignoring future picks at that point, but I, I'm certainly focused on trying to contend and trying to make the playoffs. And I, I think for me, what what really comes into play are those later picks, the second, third, fourth round rookie picks. Uh, because I, I, I can kind of, I kind of go both ways with those. One, I think they are easier to acquire. So if I'm making a trade, uh, a player for player trade, sometimes you can get one of those picks thrown in and, and it's obvious that dynasty players value those picks less than they, uh, much less than they do first rounders and, uh, as they should, but, I think sometimes they take that too far. And, and, and in fact, I've seen and heard some dynasty players say they, they don't value those, uh, those later picks at all. And, and they're certainly willing to move them. So um, 
some sometimes the the play is to try to acquire uh, extra later round picks, and then once you get to rookie draft season, you can you can stack those to move up. It just obviously gives you a lot more flexibility. But on the other hand, I'm also more willing to move those picks for win now pieces uh, more so than giving up that first rounder. I, I so I I'm kind of one of them that tends to trade away those later picks. It but I and I have to admit like a, a big reason for that is I just I I just recognize this hole in my game which is Devi and and I I just got into uh the kitchen sink uh one of your kitchen sink leagues Ryan so uh maybe this will help a little bit and maybe make those those picks feel a little bit more uh, useful to me personally once I uh, once I know some of these players a little bit better. But right at the moment, it's it's a tough one for me because I just I I don't know these players all that well, and that that's going to be part of the conversation here tonight because I know that both of you guys are are uh, are, are Devi guys and can kind of help put some names to these picks a little bit, which you know I, I which I do think. Uh, you know, I think it kind of enhances their value just just being able to envision, you know, a name and a face attached to it. So, uh, what about you, Stomp? I mean, what's kind of your approach to those twenty those uh, those twenty twenty firsts? Um, I know I know how you value them in in you know in terms of twenty nineteen picks, but what about just like a player? What where's kind of the line for you uh, where you would start trading? away your players for a 2020 pick and and let's even call it it on a contender uh yeah so i mean i i completely agree with ryan that if you're going to be a contender you you shouldn't be trading your guys for um picks unless you have an abundance of players i mean specifically wide receivers i don't know if i would be trading away any running backs because Despite my love of running backs, I can fully admit that they are more injury prone, John. Um, So, (laughs) so, I mean, if I have an abundance of wide receivers that perhaps I can get a 2020 first, because I I view, I view those picks now as currency. Um, And with the hype surrounding the 2020 picks, I, I, I think like you can, use those as as currency to maybe buy um or or maybe buy a guy that normally those those firsts wouldn't get uh just because of the hype but um yeah in in terms of how valuing those picks i mean that's that's tough right now but i i i'd like to compare it to past um past classes so, like, let's just, for instance, this year, uh, I know enough about the class coming in, at least that I think I know, um, that I feel the top at each of the positions, Sands, maybe Kyler Murray, uh, each those 2020 picks are more valuable. So I know, like, several uh, running backs in, in next year's class on paper – are better than Jacobs in my mind uh, and, and probably Miles Sanders and probably David Montgomery. Um, so when you compare those to 
the current ADP of, of some of those players, I mean, some of those picks are going to be extremely valuable. I mean, and just looking at, and, and this is the four instance here, just looking at ADP data for, um, or that you gathered, I mean, we have David Montgomery going just before the 1.01 and Josh Jacobs going just after. So we kind of know where people at least here are valuing and mind you, this is a small sample size, but where they're valuing those picks, I would be taking that 1.01 well before um, Montgomery and Josh Jacobs, uh, just because they. What what was that? <laughs> we did. We were doing so good. You kind of so it was it was a little bit like it's it's like you're you're in the picture on Back to the Future where like you were kind of fading away, and then you came back when you said that running backs are injury injury averse oh and now but then you're, I starting said to, David you're starting montgomery. to fade again yeah yeah because i i you gotta okay. leave my david montgomery alone. i'm not gonna leave david montgomery alone. um okay but yeah i mean and and that's the other aspect here is like i have a general idea of what i think a player is worth and the, it's kind of weird here where that i i guess i don't understand why david montgomery and josh jacobs are going as early as they are um, because like when I look at this ADP, like Aaron Jones is around this area, Brandon cooks is around this area. Mari Cooper's around this area. I would be taking those guys. I think those guys are worth more than just the 1.01, um, because I've seen what they can do. Um, and, and so it's kind of a mixture of understanding previous classes and then also how I value, those players or, or the general value of those players. Um, and that's g generally how I'm valuing that 1.01. Um, it, so I, I'll, I'll say this, it, it, it's actually three. Now that I mentioned it, it's three. So, um, uh, previous, previous classes, what I think this class will be, and then what I value current players as they are. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of my own thing in my head. But I, I just feel like the 2020 class in general is going to be phenomenal, and there's going to be a lot of players that we're picking that could be replaced next year. So, give me some names. Who are and this is? I think this is for both of you guys actually. Who are some players who you would trade right now, straight up on a contending team? Who would you trade? Some players you would trade straight up for a random twenty twenty first. I mean, Fournette comes to mind immediately. I just don't trust Fournette and his health. There are people like Aton Mosia that <laughs> like Fournette, and I just I would rather have the random twenty twenty than like Leonard Fournette next year. Yeah, I think I think Fournette's a good. Uh, a good option. I would probably still prefer him over that, that random. And, and when we're talking random, we're just presuming could be a playoff team could be, you know, maybe it sneaks into the top five. Um, so Fournette is, is in that range. I probably still prefer him, but I, I think you're basically looking at um players that certainly still carry value, but that you don't trust long-term. And maybe you don't even trust them this year. Uh, one guy that I've uh, talked about quite a bit in that range is, is Sony Michelle. Um, 
so he would be a player and I don't think it's I don't think it's even a snap except that I'm taking any first rounder for him or, or anything like that but uh, again it's it's those players you have some doubts about da- yeah, Damian I, I, Williams Damian Williams is a, a snap except for a first rounder Ooh. <laughs> oh nice yeah I kind of like I, I like that one but um another one <laughs> Marlon Marlon Max kind of one that it's like I don't know uh-huh. if he has his job next year because of this class. Um, Corey Davis, sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I just doing this I, on I, I, well, I don't. Now. I, but, well, I'm not though because I I I personally and beyond all the jo- uh, jokes aside between us, hmm. I don't trust the Tennessee Titans offense. I don't trust Corey Davis with Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill for that matter. I just don't trust the passing offense, and I would much rather take a chance on getting somebody like um, LaVisca Chenault, CeeDee Lamb. Um, I mean, you're not going to get Jerry Judy. Uh, Brian Edwards, maybe. Uh, Ty, um, and I just lost his name, Tyler Johnson. Like, if I could get somebody like that, I think they have as good of a shot as Corey Davis to be a potential wide receiver one. Okay. I think that's I think that's fair, and I get I get the concerns about Davis. I mean, I've I've mentioned it on pod several times this off season that uh, you know a little tongue in cheek that AJ Brown's the wide receiver one in Tennessee, <laughs> and you know mostly just um, just kind of pushing buttons there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm certainly not giving up on Davis, and my read on the situation is, and again, I've I've mentioned this before. Mariota is either going to perform this year or he's going to get replaced. So I think by 2020, we're looking at a good quarterback situation for Davis and for AJ Brown as well. Whether that means a a Mariota that we haven't seen yet, or whether that means uh, one of these rookie quarterbacks or, um, you know, basically just a new quarterback situation for the Titans. Either way, I think they're, they're going to be in a better spot in 2020, regardless of, um, sure. You know, regardless of what happens this year, basically. I mean, and we, and then we could talk about some QBs as well. Uh, This might be a little hot takey, but I mean, I personally don't trust Josh Allen, um, especially where he's going right now. And honestly, like, I think you can get more than just a random 2021. Yep. But, I might be willing to part with him for just a random 2021st because I don't, I don't think he's re- he repeats last year. I don't think he he is an accurate enough a QB to be a long time starter. Like I could see maybe over the next couple of years until Buffalo finds something else, but I just don't trust somebody like Josh Allen. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it, it's a good point by Ryan that it's basically where do you stop trusting guys long-term? Um, and yeah, I, I mean, Allen's another, another guy. I just don't trust long-term there. Were, were you talking about Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Oh my God. <laughs> oh. Um, again, just, just pushing Damn. buttons. Just pushing oh, buttons. Right. <laughs> That's what we do here. So <laughs> love, love you. Stompy. I, I do want to go back though, because Stompy mentioned, uh, 
some different running backs. And I really think when you're talking about flipping players for future first, you I think you have to look at the running back position because outside of those those top four guys that we all want, it's just such a short shelf life. And especially when you look at this 2020 list and, and not all of these guys are going to hit, they're not all even going to become NFL starters, but there's just so many of them. There's, there's five or six or seven guys from this, just from the 2020 class that are going to make an impact. So if you do have doubts about Sony Michelle or Marlon Mack or Damian Williams or, or Leonard Fournette, uh, or Devonte Freeman is another one that I would be uh, selling for a, a 2021st if I uh, if I could and if it made sense with my team. Uh, I think running back is where you look to load up on those picks. Quarterback, I think, is in the super flex format is 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 not it. Uh, I, I think it's just so hard to acquire a quarterback that unless you're talking about a you know, a Breeze, Rivers, Brady type that are that are nearing the end of their career and, and you're not contending, you've just got to get – you've got to get a quarterback in return for Allen or for, um, you know, for Lamar Jackson or, or any of these guys that you, that you might want to trade. All right, so full disclosure here. Uh, this is the second time ever, over two years of this podcast, this is the second time – where I didn't, we went into this without a real structure, a real format, um, it, you know, with without real questions in mind. Kind of had some data to go off of, but mostly it was, it was gonna just be kind of a conversation uh, between dynasty minds here. And I was breathing into a paper bag going into the episode because I I am not comfortable doing it that way. Uh, I've done it once before with our friend Jay Mike, and uh, and it ended up being a lot of fun. But it was still something that I did not intend on doing ever again. But here we are, and and I'm actually really glad that we did it this way because uh, it's it's just you guys are bringing up more questions for me uh, than I than I would have come up with by myself. So um, so th- this is uh, this is really fascinating to me. So. Uh, real quick though, I, I think the first thing that I, that I would like to know kind of from you, Ryan, is somebody who has put a lot of time and thought into this stuff is what does a random first kind of look like to you? What does it mean to you? And how much do you play the projection game of, you know, this, this could be a, an early first, this, you know, looks like this is probably going to be a late first. What, what kind of assumptions do you make uh, when you start looking at trading for a, uh, or even away, a 2021st? Um, well, again, I kind of mentioned it earlier. When I'm, when I'm using that term, I don't, I don't know if everybody has the same interpretation, but when I'm using that term random first, I'm essentially saying, I don't know where this pick is going to be. Um, I, I'm not secure in saying that it's going to be a, a top two or three pick. And I'm certainly not, uh, not comfortable saying that team, uh, the, the pick that that team is uh, assigned to or associated with is going to be a contender. So to me, when I, when I hear random first, I'm thinking between four and 10 basically in, you know, in the round and it could be anywhere in that range. So um when I'm trading for future picks, 
I kind of go by that, by that same mindset. I, I, I'm not going to try to project where that, where those picks might be um, unless it's a a clear poor team uh, or one of the strongest contenders. And again, of course that changes depending on what part of the year uh, we're talking about. If, if you're getting close to the trade deadline in, in your league and you're, uh, then it, then it's we, we have a lot more to go on. You know who's uh, who's contending and who's not. But uh, throughout the off season, um, even at this point when we're getting close to the season, I'm I'm not I'm not confident enough to project and trade a, a valuable player for a a pick that could end up being the one ten. Yeah, and and that's yeah, that feels like what you kind of have to do. So you know, just to kind of reiterate, try and you know, don't don't play that game too much because that's that's exactly what happens. Especially if you give up a player who's going to score points in 2019, you're only making that 2020 pick later. So uh, that's uh, that's that's kind of a that's a good way to go go about it. I think uh, so. One more question here for kind of for both of you guys. I'm just kind of curious where the line is as far as quarterbacks in a super flex that you would trade away for a 2020 first. So I, I mean, I think that probably the top, I'm going to guess at the top nine. So I'm going, I'm, I'm right now I'm looking at the, uh, the DLF dynasty ADP that, uh, that Ryan, you just compiled for August. Um, it just came out at, at dynastyleaguefootball.com. And I, so number nine is Cam Newton. I'm going to guess that he's safe from there. Maybe we start to, it, it starts to become a conversation. Uh, we're looking at Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo. Any of those guys are, are those guys that you would trade away for, a, a random 2021st and also would you trade away any of those guys for a 2021st that you know in the context of this episode a 2021st that you knew for a fact was going to be 1.01 um well the, the 1.01 piece certainly changes things but if if we're sticking at first with that uh, that random first round uh, pick or, or not exactly having a great idea of, of where the pick might land in the super flex format or in a, a two QB format, I'm going way down the line. Um, really almost any NFL starter outside of, you know, outside of your Ryan Fitzpatrick types. So uh, even if, again, we're talking about Philip Rivers, uh, who's, quarterback 25 on that data, uh, according to that data, I would still want a first rounder for him if, if I'm trading him away. And, and it's just because, I mean, you guys both know this quarterbacks are so hard to acquire in that format. So I think you can, I think you can ask for that. Uh, and, and it'd be fair. So guys after him, uh, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Mariota, uh, Rosen, Fitzpatrick, Dalton, those guys, probably not worth a first rounder but everybody else in that range i would want at least 
uh, a random first for. And, and then when you go to 101, I, I think when you start playing that game, you have to have an idea of who your target is. So Stompy already mentioned a lot of the wide receiver names. We've talked a little bit about the running back position. I don't think we've put any names to it. DeAndre Swift is, uh, I, I guess, one of the favorites to be the top pick. Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Eno Benjamin. These are these are all some running backs who are in contention to be first-rounders, and, uh, and and that's not even talking about that quarterback. So, so often we'll see a quarterback be the 101 in Superflex rookie drafts as we did this year with Kyler Murray. So uh, maybe that's Tua Tagovailoa as the 101 next year. Maybe it's Justin Herbert or, or, or Jake Fromm even, or, or maybe it is Swift or Jerry Judy. Uh, but with, with so many strong options, I would feel pretty good about trading away a player with a chance at any of those, whichever one might emerge. So now we're, we're kind of going back to that uh, Lamar Jackson range. He's quarterback 13. You stop it now. <laughs> I, I think, I think those are the guys Jackson and, and the, the players above him are, are probably the ones who I would uh, not give up for that one Oh one, but, but looking below Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Garoppolo, uh, certainly Breeze, uh, Josh Allen, Trubisky. Those are players that I would, uh, if if I'm confident that it's the 101, those are the players I would give up. What about you, Stomp? Where's that line for you? Um, I think I agree there. I just... It's, it's really kind of tough to say... Um, based off of the ADP uh, for that. I don't know. <laughs> it is tough. I, I, I don't know that. I mean, it, it kind of starts, I guess, with the idea that you have to agree with the ADP. Right. That makes it a little tough. Well, and, and yeah, and looking at this, it's, it's really kind of all over the place for me. Because, well, first and foremost, I think QBs kind of skew this a lot um, in terms of how you traditionally look at value. Um, I guess first and foremost on that random 2021st, if you're, if you're, uh, doing anything but random 2021st, you're doing it wrong. I, I get that you can try and guess how bad a team can't will do, but you just can't know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the big thing is, do you feel comfortable giving up a player for a random 2021st? And I view it as looking at next year's class if i look at the player and i'm like well i feel like i can get the same or better value from a player in the 2020 class and i can for um this player in the in the future then i'm okay with that and and that's where you have to kind of draw your line and and like i said Corey, i mean Corey davis is a guy and i'm maybe i'm just hammering this home for you <laughs> Corey Davis is a guy that I'm willing to give up a random 20 or I give up for a random 2021st because like I said, I just feel like I can get value returned in the first round. Cause that's how deep this class is to me or is on paper currently is to me than, um, than what I can get for or, or what I can get from Corey Davis in the near future. This is turning into a form of harassment, by the way. I agree. <laughs> All right. Yes. So, all right. Well, since we agree on that part, 
one last question to kind of set this up for you guys. Uh, this, uh, this don't do, don't, don't try this at home episode. Uh, who right now, who's your 1.01 in 2020? I'll let you go first. Yeah, it would be Tua for me in the, in the super flex format. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Um, just to give my answer outside of the super flex format, it's Deandre Swift. Okay. Cool. Um, and are you guys sticking with the the top three quarterbacks? Uh, do you do you do you see those guys being the top three rookie picks? Um, those uh, those big three quarterbacks, uh, Tua, Fromm, and Herbert, or, or do you think that it starts to some of those guys get pushed down a little? Is is Tua just kind of that far ahead of those other two guys? Uh, I think Herbert. Um, I don't think Herbert is locked in as the 102. I think mm-hmm. certainly Swift, uh, Jerry Judy, I mean, uh, several of the names we've already mentioned would be uh, would be viable 1.02 or, or even 1.01 picks, you know, depending on landing spots and, and, and a lot of different factors. Um, I, I don't think... I think there's a really good chance Jake Fromm is not the QB three next year. Um, so I definitely would not lock him in at the 1.03 pick. I think we could see uh, a guy like Jordan Love, who mm-hmm. um, is is getting a lot of love, ironically, uh, heading into this, this 2019 college season. We could see him climb up. And then KJ Costello from Stanford is another uh, another guy I like that could end up being a first rounder and, and could jump ahead of from in, in fantasy drafts as well. And, and mind you, like we had guys like um, Jarrett Stidham arguably as the QB one last season um, before the season. So this definitely can change, but yeah, I, I just think Tua is that much better or that much ahead of Herbert and from Herbert, I think hurt himself a little bit last year. Um, but these running backs and even these wide receivers, Swift, Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, um, LaVisca Chenault, CD. I mean, you could you could go through here. And even guys like Cam Akers, though, I, I think if, I, if I've heard you right, Ryan, maybe Cam Akers is a little iffy for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, looking at these, looking at the first round or at least the potential first round, uh, he would be one that I could see falling. J.K. Dobbins would be one I could see yeah. falling out uh, of that range. And, and certainly the the 12 guys that we think are first-rounders now uh, w- will not be it a year from now. Um, I've, I've, each year I write an article, the flash forward, a rookie mock a year ahead of time. And I, I think pretty much my going hit rate on that is is about 50%. So – we could be between between injuries, between these players disappointing, between uh, s- some guys going back to school that we don't expect. If if half of these guys that we expect to be first rounders actually are, then that would be uh, you know about the going rate. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I there there are definitely a handful that I would pick between Tua and. Um, Herbert and from 
Um, and then guys like, you know, Benjamin could climb up in there. Uh, Brian Edwards can climb up. So, um, I, I guess we'll see on that, but yeah, Tua, Tua has definitely separated himself from those other two. And then, uh, those other two just, I, I would rather have some of these running backs and wide receivers before those, uh, two, even in Superflex. Awesome. All right. Let's, uh, now that we're, <laughs> we're about, uh, almost three quarters of the way through this episode, let's finally get to the meat and potatoes of it here. Um, now that we kind of set it up, which I, by the way, I think is all really useful information and, uh, the rest of this, I maybe not because again, we have no way of knowing what, what pick this is going to be. So, we uh, we went ahead and projected it so that you don't have to, so that you can uh, avoid falling into that trap. But we we actually put 1.01, 1.02 all the way through 2.12 into these mock drafts. So and there's there's kind of a lot to unpack here as well. But uh, one of the things that uh, just kind of for kicks, I guess, is. Um, I, I, so two mock drafts, one of them was analyst, one of them was Superflex Super Show listeners. And uh, I'm kind of curious which one you guys feel like drafted 1.01 the highest. So uh, the, the 2021.01 had a consensus of, of uh, 51 overall. Um, it went highest at 40 overall and lowest at 62 overall. Any guesses who took them, which, which group took them at 40? I'm going to say that was the, uh, the experts where he went, I, where the I pick think, went 40. I think I agree. Just looking at some of these other, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, there's a giveaway for sure. As far as which, which mock was all, all you have to do is look at Were the standard. Were you drafting 106, John? <laughs> I was. Okay, just Yeah, all you have to do is look at the standard deviation on Aaron Rodgers <laughs> to figure okay, out. Okay, yeah, so I, I didn't even notice that until I just scrolled through again. I was like, well, <laughs> all right, never mind. Yeah, so I took Rodgers at 106. <laughs> and who was, the, okay, the who listeners, was at 104? 104 was... Uh, in the uh, the analyst league, yeah. Uh, it was booking for life. I can't. I can never remember all these names. Um, sorry, Adam Stranges. Sorry, Adam. Adam Adam Stranges was the one uh, at one hundred four who got okay. Juju Smith Schuster, which right. I'm guessing Ryan liked. Doesn't sound like Stompy's a fan. Oh no, but, I don't. I don't mind it. I just, I that that one had a huge deviation early. But yeah, you yeah. your your pick definitely gave a lot away there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of ruined the surprise there. The listeners had a lot more uh, self control, I guess. Um, they managed to wait until the very end, the last pick of the second round, to take Aaron Rodgers. It's a it's a bold strategy, but I, it worked out for one of them. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> he managed to get him to to fall all the way to the to the two three or to the end of the second uh, to the two three turn. So, anyways, yeah, back to the one one though. Um, so it goes it goes fortieth 
in our listener league. Shout out Matt Williams uh, for uh, who who just who felt like it was just a trade value thing. So some of the names yeah. though that he was passing up include David Montgomery, Mitchell Trubisky. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. Let's see. Some and then. Uh, Aaron Jones is in yeah, there. Yeah, Aaron Jones, Brandon Cooks, Lamar Jackson, Antonio Brown. That's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder. I, I I don't. Who who doesn't make that move right now? Antonio Brown straight up for what you know for a fact is going to be one hundred and one. That's a slam dunk at this point, right? Oh yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. I think so. This is this is just a reminder of how quickly this data can change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll it'll change fast as soon as that bli- those blisters pop on the bottom of his feet. Maybe this will change again. But so I guess I'm curious if if that's a move that you guys would would make. If that's you know if 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 any of those names make sense for you to pass on for what you know for a fact would be 101 and it sounds like Tua for for both of you guys um or would you rather have Trubisky, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, uh Brandon Cooks, guys like that who, you know, you're getting that that production this year. I, the, the, the QBs are the ones that are interesting here. Like I would rather have Trubisky than 101 um just because I know that he can be successful in in the NFL, um, do you? I, <laughs> well, okay. Based off of last year, fantasy wise, I know he can be <laughs> there. Is that better? He can be successful <laughs> fantasy wise. Um, but yeah, like David Montgomery, I'm taking 101 over. I've already said that. Um, I mean, you know how I feel about Lamar Jackson. Uh, so I'm obviously taking Lamar Jackson plus, um, oh, I mean, I, I would take the one-on-one plus to get me away from Lamar Jackson. Aaron Jones is kind of a good line, I suppose, because Aaron Jones has had his injury issues. Um, he's in a situation that we don't know if he is the RB one. I mean, I think we, we know him to be the best RB on that team, but LaFleur, has said that they're going to be a running back by committee. So that's another situation that we need to monitor. Um, so I think it's a mixed bag in terms of who I would take over the one Oh one, um, where, where it stands. Yeah. When you, when you look at the results of a draft or, or even a, a set of ADP, obviously you're never going to agree with every placement. So, um, but, but overall, I think Matt taking the 101 at, at 40 overall is is actually a, a steal. Um, if you look at if you look at the typical 101 or the top rookie drafted according to ADP, really from the past several several years, you're looking at a player who is drafted in the second or third round of uh, of startup drafts. That's what we see with Kyler Murray, John, and in, in your most recent data, I know you're starting some more super flex mocks um, in, in the next couple of days, but looking back at the July data, Kyler Murray was 34th overall. Looking at the data we have here from these mock drafts, he was drafted 21st. Um, 
and 38th respectively. So the, the 101 rookie, whether it's Tua or Herbert or Swift or Judy or whoever it might be next year, I'm confident they're going to go higher than 40th overall. So there are a few players uh, that fell below that pick, including Lamar Jackson, that I, that I would prefer. But overall, uh, I, I could see taking the 101 even higher than this uh, 40th position. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fair point, too. Um, and again, this goes back to comparing to past classes. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw Saquon go like maybe 1.09, maybe a little bit earlier in, in startup drafts, uh, when he came out. Now, I don't know if we can't, I, well, I, we can't really compare any of these running backs going in, uh, coming into Saquon, but. I mean, there are guys in here that are, are legitimate running back, like legitimate three down running backs and definitely can see um, some of them. And, and now I'm talking uh, non super flex, but could definitely see some of them going in the second round and non super flex. And it's the same for, I mean, for um, Tua is that how after the fir- top, four or five quarterbacks, how confident are you in the rest of those quarterbacks? Um, so, and, and it really depends on what your top four or five quarterbacks are. But I mean, it's right now for me, it's Mahomes. luck though. He has a bum ankle or bum, whatever. Um, Rogers Watson. And then after that, it kind of gets iffy. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, Second and third, I could definitely see taking Tua there in in Superflex drafts. Yeah, just just looking back um, at the top rookie drafted in startup ADP over the past several seasons, and and this is one quarterback uh, ADP, but it still goes to show kind of how how we're valuing rookies. In 2018, Barkley was fifth overall. 2017, Corey Davis was 15th. Zeke at nine, uh, ninth overall, Amari Cooper, 18th overall, Sammy Watkins, 19th overall. And, and wow. then 20, 2013 was kind of the outlier where nobody really knew who the 101 was. Uh, the, the top rookie drafted in that data set ended up being Giovanni Bernard. And, and even in that class, he was still 37th overall. So still just outside the third round and, and still higher than that 40 number. So I think the listeners probably they they certainly had more self control, um, but it's I mean it sounds like they waited too long. I I mean I think that we're all actually going to agree here um, that they definitely waited a little too long. So one hundred one goes at six hundred two uh, in the listener mock. Um, guys that went ahead of them include so uh, some that I kind of agree with: Evan Ingram, Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, uh, David Montgomery. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about those, but uh, those are those are some of them that went ahead of the 101. But also Robert Woods, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. Those feel like the type of move that you make. You know, go ahead and it, it, you know for a fact that this is 101. You know for a fact that you're getting you know, to, uh, that, that seems like the place to, to take 
that one on one. I I guess what I what I wonder though is if you're again this is in a startup. Everybody thinks that they're a contender at this point in the draft. Everybody's looking great. So with that being said, is that still too late to take the one on one in the twenty twenty class, or or are you guys okay with that one? I mean that's really late. <laughs> I, you most drafts you're definitely not going to be getting the 101 there. I mean, and, and I think I think a lot of the value for 101 comes with when a name is taken. Like, let's just say, um, for all intents and purposes, that Tua Tua is the 101 next year. I think that that value like when you can play when a guy when somebody can place a name to that then that value increases substantially um just because i think a lot of people don't really do or a lot of the and this is going to be so condescending and i apologize but the, a lot of the laymen um don't really study the way a lot of us study in the community study these um, college guys coming out or the potential class. Um, but yeah, I, I just, that's that value. There's no way that you're getting one oh one at that value normally. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly agree. And I mean, it, it's just kind of the, the weird dynamic that we see with, with exercises like this. Um, it's it almost becomes a game of chicken, like kind of like drafting, a quarterback in in those one quarterback leagues you, you don't want to be the first one to uh you know to bite the bullet or to make that move so sometimes picks like this end up falling uh much further than they should and, and maybe mm-hmm. that's what maybe that's what happened in this case you know it, what's really you, you know what's really interesting about and and uh, Ryan brought up the the fear of missing out, I guess, kind of, or the, or no, sorry, the fear or the chicken thing. But once 101 went in the um, fan draft, then you just started seeing the the yeah, then draft you got to run go off the board like crazy. Yeah, and I think that's a huge difference here. I mean, beyond that, when the when the picks were taken, was there's large gaps between where. 101 was taken in 102, 102 and 103, 103 and 104 for the quote-unquote experts. Um, and I think uh, I think that shows us a, a and I or gives us an idea of how much the quote like I said quote-unquote experts understand the class and and where to value some of these players versus the fans. Yeah, I think that's uh, it looks like that's exactly what happened here cuz there was from there there was a run on those rookie picks. We had two picks, Darius Geis and, and Damian Williams before 102 and 103. And then you had three more picks, Marlon Mack, AJ Green, DJ Moore before 104 and 105 went off the board. And it 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 feels like it absolutely caught up at that point. By then you're taking 105 over, you know, Kenny Galladay. Corey Davis, don't say it, Stomp, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chris Godwin. Um, uh, maybe, you know, Tyler Boyd, Derrick Henry. Those those guys that – those guys have to be worth more than, than 
you know, even if you knew for a fact it's 105, right? I, w- would you rather have those guys or would you rather go with the pick at that point? I'd rather have the pick. Yeah, I, I agree there. Yeah, and okay. then, and I that's I think how I value when when doing like drafts with picks. That's how I value it. Where it's like, okay, these are the guys I have available. I'm not really in love with any of these guys, so I'm just gonna go with the pick there. So back over to the uh, to the analyst side. One hundred two went at five eleven overall ahead of Calvin Ridley, Matthew Stafford, Drew Brees. DJ Moore went super late at 603. Uh, Brian Hart got a steal there. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, th- th- that feels, a, does that feel about right to you guys? And then some of the guys who went ahead of him, uh, of 102, you know, Josh Jacobs, Josh Allen, who stomp you mentioned for 101. But what about 102? Does that seem like the, the right area or is that a little, still a little early? Again, I have probably an irrational hatred of Josh Allen at this point, uh, and I'll openly admit that. I just don't think he's a he's an NFL QB. I don't think he's going to last. I would rather the guys that I feel will last in the NFL: Tua, Swift, Etienne, Judy, Shenault. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I would rather have those guys than Josh Allen at this point. Yeah, I pretty much agree, and and we've kind of talked about. Uh, not only the depth of the or the expected depth, I guess we should say of the of the 2020 class, but it, it's top heavy as well with mm-hmm. the names uh, Stomp just said to a Herbert Swift, Judy Etienne, uh, and and then even some of those other receivers. So, I mean, that's at least five guys there that at this point, a year out, nine months out, that we feel pretty confident in. So. Thinking about it in that way, really, I think the top five picks should all go pretty, uh, pretty much in the same range. So the big gaps that that we're seeing here between the the one and the two, the two and the three, to me that just rep- represents huge value for mm-hmm. those teams that grab the picks. And and I think uh, I mean this is just true overall for dynasty is as we get closer to the given season where these classes will take place, those values go up as we see what guys like um, Tua do in their second season, DeAndre Swift do as their second season as starter, Etienne, can he follow it up? So, yeah, I, I mean, and I think I've said this in the past before, but really I can see like the first six-ish picks go through, like go – in the first five rounds, just how confident I am in this class currently. So uh, just to, just to kind of summarize this just a little bit so that we don't have to uh, stay parked on it for too long. But uh, so I actually took Andy Dalton ahead of 1.04. And I mean, it's pretty well documented how I approach the quarterback position but I have to admit that I felt like that was a mistake. I got awfully lucky to have the 104 fall to me at my next pick at 906. Um, but at 807, I took Andy Dalton. And, and, and I mean, he was like my third or fourth quarterback. So, you know, at that point, I think 104 definitely belonged in that range. And I think the, the analysts, it seems like the analysts probably kind of fell behind 
from there. Uh, 105 goes after, you know, Darrell Henderson, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Vance McDonald, Austin Eckler. You're not going to trade Austin Eckler for 105. I, I have a hard time believing that one. But so I, I, I think I need to kind of tweet out some of these results and, and kind of give people a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a gauge of what this is meant to be kind of a way to calibrate the values of those 2020 picks. The problem is we could analyze this all night, but uh, we uh, we want to respect your time, Ryan. Plus, we we want to get to your uh, your bold prediction and then see if Stompy has anything to complain about today, um, which I'm guessing he probably does. So I always have something to complain about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting thing, and like I said, I'll have to tweet some of this stuff out just to uh, to give everybody some ideas on uh, where these values actually lie um, according to these two mock drafts. Uh, you know, for better or for worse. But so let's get to our next segment here, though, real quick, and uh, get a bold prediction from you, Ryan. In a segment that we like to call you are nuts. So this is a sentence that I never thought I would I would say, and I'm guessing that you probably also were not expecting to ever hear. But Ryan McDowell, show us your nuts. Yeah, I, I did not expect that. Uh, <laughs> so I, I said uh, I said earlier before we got started that I thought this was bold-ish, and um, I think Matt Ryan will finish outside of the top twelve quarterbacks Ooh. this year. It's kind of nuts. Is it? Uh, yeah, I thought yeah, uh, ish, right? <laughs> so I, I, I think I do think there's. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of evidence for him to repeat that impressive performance that we saw a year ago. I I was looking back at his recent performances, and and this is uh, this is certainly not evidence enough or not cause enough to to think this you know that he might fall. But I did think it was certainly interesting. He's kind of become one of those every other year type players. You look at 2013, he was the QB 14. And then, uh, and then from there, he goes QB7, QB19, QB2, QB15, QB2. So based on the pattern, he's due for uh, a finish outside of the top 12 quarterbacks. But uh, also just, just look at that offense, look at the changes that they have undergone. Of course, they uh, have replaced, replaced their offensive coordinator from a year ago. Dirk Cutter is there now. Um, certainly not known for throwing the ball a ton as, as Steve Sarkeesian did a year ago. So I, I expect the overall pass volume to dip, not only because of their offensive coordinator change, but also because of the return of, of Devonte Freeman. And I was checking out Warren Sharp's book and he, he pointed out and, and I, I love his stuff because these are, uh, these are things that, I wouldn't have noticed or wouldn't have recognized on my own, but he pointed out how often the Falcons ran in uh, ideal running. I'm sorry, how often they passed in those ideal running situations, um, short yardage and, and favorable downs. They were passing the ball last year. Maybe that's because Freeman was out. Maybe that's because 
Steve Sarkeesian was just making bad decisions. Maybe it's because they had Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Who knows? But um, I, I do think we can expect that to to regress to um, you know to to an average or, or a more reasonable number this year. So just a dip in volume, uh, a, a healthy Devonte Freeman, and, and then this this on again off again trend kind of sticks in the back of my mind as well. Yeah, that actually makes it not not nearly as nuts as when you first hear like the the concept, the the premise of it. Um, just because I'm such a sucker for those, those narratives, you know, those, those tropes. So, uh, and that one, ever since I heard, I, I heard Matt Price bring it up, uh, um, on a, I don't even remember which podcast it might've been you guys's. Um, so apologies for not, not remembering the source, but the first time I heard that I was like, Oh man, it's a down year for Matt, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> sell 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 um yeah i what do you think stomp is that it 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 doesn't feel that nuts to me anymore i think it's a little maybe not now that i think about it i mean looking at cutters i guess past with matt ryan he had uh, a qb7 qb11 and qb7 season so it's not he didn't have the qb2 season that we saw from him last year um he's been up and down uh, throughout his career as well. Um, the, the one, the hesitation I have with it though, is that they play th- what 13 of 16 games indoors. Um, which I think just is a positive for, um, for Matt Ryan and that passing offense and that offense as a whole. Um, and then having, having Devonte Freeman back, I think, I don't know if that helps or hurts him just because Devonte Freeman is, is pretty, um, pretty well, uh, used in the past game. Um, so that's another question I have. I mean, I, it's borderline nuts. We'll call it that. Like I can see one nut. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's one of those where it's like yeah I can definitely see it with with Cutter coming back but at the same time like their schedule warrants it and I just feel like they're gonna have an awesome offense but then again I like Devontae Freeman so maybe they'll run the ball 250 times and I would love that the quarterback position is also really deep this year you know top 12 might be a little bit harder to achieve than it has been in past in past seasons so. It, there's there's definitely a path for this so yeah not 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 too nuts you're you're just a little bit nuts but not that nuts let's uh one last one last thing that we have to do uh whether i like it or not you, know, you don't have to do anything <laughs> i mean you could just call it right now i guess that's true huh but let's uh i mean we we've got to put it out there anyways it's stompy's festivist celebration the airing of grievances. What do we got this week? Well, it's it's one that I've had in the past, and and I know I haven't been doing this very long, but <laughs> it's one that I you can't start recycling them now. You've only oh, I can like because three of this these. one this one drove me crazy this week, and you know it did. 
Okay. There are reasons that we don't take victory laps after week one of the preseason. Oh, yeah. For instance, just because Carlos Hyde started with the with the starters in their first preseason game does not make him the RB1. Just because Devin Singletary went bananas does not make him a top 12 running back. Just because Daniel Jones went crazy, I believe, against the second team defense, probably with vanilla play calling on the defense, does not make him a, a Hall of Famer. But the one that really drove me crazy was Carlos Hyde, especially after Damian Williams came back from a hamstring injury literally, I think, two days before the preseason game. Of course they're not going to throw him out there. Of course they're not going to play him. Guess what happened? The last two days, news comes out that Damian Williams is back out there with the first team. This is why we don't take victory laps in the preseason until the end of the preseason. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is a tough one because, I mean, while I fully agree with you, uh, I mean, Carlos Hyde's still better. So he's not. Oh. I've already, I've already <laughs> had this argument with you. He is absolutely not. Uh, well, he's he's at some point he's going to end up with that job. Now it might take injury. <laughs> it might take no. an injury to Darwin, Damian Williams. Darwin, you mean Darwin Thompson will end up with that job? No, no. Nah. Okay. He'll he'll have a role. For sure, but I mean, I think that's regardless of who their their starter is. Okay. But overall, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you yeah. Carlos Hyde isn't good. It's fine. <laughs> He's neither is David Montgomery, neither is Corey Davis. Neither, yeah, just yeah. Go down no, you're right. That's that. List. You're getting on board. Someday, good for you. Someday I'm gonna have my own festivus, and it's gonna just be entirely directed at you. That's fine. But all right, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here though. We're gonna respect your time, Ryan, and we really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing sharing some uh, some overall just kind of dynasty and superflex dynasty strategy with us. Um, some thoughts on that 2020 class and on the picks, um, ev- everything involved there. So and we just overall just really appreciate your time. It's always a great time talking with you. Uh, so real quick, we uh, tell our lovely beautiful listeners where they can find all your work uh sure you can find most of my work at dlf uh do the dlf dynasty podcast also do the dynasty blueprint podcast with matt williamson uh do some dynasty work for roto world and uh also check out what uh, curtis patrick and i are doing at dynasty command center and you can follow me on twitter at ryan mc 23 beautiful thanks again for coming on ryan and uh with that we're gonna wrap it up for the week and as we do ask you for a quick favor if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts you can also subscribe to the dlf family of podcasts mega feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from dlf and once you're subscribed if you give us a rating and review not all podcatchers give you that option but on the ones that do those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation. And from there, we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at SuperFlexShow. You can also send them to any one of us individually. Stompy's at FFStompy. James is at underscore James the Brain, And I'm at SuperFlexDude. 
We can retweet them for you, help you get more votes and comments, and sometimes we even bring them here on the podcast and analyze them. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah,